There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com. We're going to head over to Mumbai. Rebecca Bundan is there. Rebecca, very good evening from Dubai. Good evening from Mumbai. How are you, Rebecca? It's been a while. Very well, thanks. Good. It has. It has. Good, good to be back. Good to have you back on Drive Live. We're going to start off with a story about citizenship that you've got, Rebecca. Four million people in Assam, which is in the northeast of India, could be at risk of losing their citizenship. And this is after authorities there issued a draft list of citizens without their names. This list has been very, very controversial. It came out on Monday. Um, it's a draft list uh, that's been put together by authorities in Assam. It's called the National Register of Citizens. And what it's intended, what it's aimed at doing is, is it rooting, out, uh, rooting out illegal immigrants from Bangladesh that have come into India, um, especially in, into in this case, particularly into Assam. And it's the first time that the, the list has been updated in seven decades. Um, I mean, on the one hand, what we've seen is that residents in Assam, uh, you know, backed by the, uh, we ha- in India, we have the Hindu nationalist-led BJP government. They've been campaigning uh, against illegal immigrants. Residents of Assam have been saying, you know, this is a problem that we, we have so many illegal immigrants in, in the state, which is in the northeast of India. But um, with this list coming out, um, 4 million people of a population of what's estimated to be about 33 million in Assam, um, 4 million being missed off the list, uh, there are concerns that perhaps this process is, uh, is, it targeting, is targeting ethnic minorities, um, that people could end up uh, being stateless. So there are kind of these like perhaps potentially uh, political uh, motivations behind it. Um, so, I mean, in an attempt to, to prevent violence, we saw the authorities coming out with statements uh, saying that nobody who's not on the list would uh, be automatically deported or, or anything, and that people who are legally entitled to be in India, they'll have plenty of time to get their names on the list. Um, but still, it's, it's caused uh, widespread concerns over there. So details are still emerging on that one. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll be in touch with you to update us as they come out. But just changing tack for a moment, there's another big story hitting the headlines today, and it's about India's central bank. They're raising interest rates to try and control inflation. Yes, it raised the rates today by 25 basis points to 6.50%. Now, this is the second consecutive rate hike, rate hike we've seen by uh, the RBI, the central bank, uh, the last one was a, a couple of months ago. Um, this one was widely expected, actually, given the fact that we have seen uh, quite concerning uh, high levels of inflation in India. And this has largely been on the back of uh, higher crude oil prices globally, uh, as well as uh, food prices in India. Um, and this has been uh, a concern to the country. It's been, it, it hits the, the, the poor people in the country particularly hard when, when fuel goes up, when f- food prices go up. So this becomes uh, an issue for them uh, when they, they almost start to struggle with, with the cost of, of daily life. So, so the RBI has made this move in an effort to, to control inflation. They also issued um, their latest uh, GDP uh, prediction for this year, which has stayed the same. Actually, it's still at uh, 7.4%, so that's seen as, as, as very um, encouraging. Um, 
So uh, some people welcome a rate hike, others will be concerned. It's good for, for people who are saving because interest rates can potentially go up. But for example, it can impact uh, areas like uh, the property market because if the banks uh, uh, increase the, the interest rates on property loans, on home loans, for example, then obviously that um, hurts people who are wanting to buy uh, houses, puts them off buying potentially, and then in turn has an impact on, on developers. So, uh, so yeah, mixed, mixed reactions really on this so far. And Rebecca, another story you're looking at is about India's telecom chief challenging hackers over the security of its biometric identity scheme. Yeah, so in India we have the ADAR system. This is a biometric uh, ID number, uh, 12-digit number, that links, um, basically links everything together from your, your bank accounts, uh, your telephone can be registered to this ADAR number, a lot of uh, your, your sort of personal uh, data and everything. So there have been these ongoing concerns um, about the ADAR system. In, in fact, it's not technically uh, mandatory that you have to have a, an ADAR number, but most of the population do have this. It makes uh, the processes of getting things done much, much easier. But there have been these ongoing uh, fears that uh, with this ADAR system, which is very much a, a tech-driven system, um, the, the data can easily be uh, leaked, that uh, people can uh, get hold of uh, you know, your bank details or, or potentially like telephone numbers, addresses and things like that, because everything is so interconnected and there, there are questions about how good is the security that the authorities have put in place when it comes to the system. So the, uh, the, the, the head of India's telecom re- regulator, he challenged hackers. He went on Twitter and challenged them to um, find his personal data from his ADAR number. He published his a 12-digit ADAR number on uh, Twitter, and they came back, uh, a number of hackers came back with uh, details such as his phone number, address, uh, bank account details, and so on. Um, Mr. Sharma, the the telecom uh, regulator head, he said that they could have found that information from a number of uh, Google searches and so on, so so he's defending the, the ADAR system. But this uh, I mean, definitely, it's, it's, it's uh, raised questions about how, how secure, further questions about how secure the system is. Never challenge hackers online is what we learned from that one. Um, just finally, before we let you get on with your evening there in Mumbai, uh, Rebecca, Mumbai's airport has had a software crash. What more can you tell us? Yeah, it was described as a technical glitch by the airport uh, airport uh, management uh, company. So uh, apparently what happened was, this is according to the Times of India newspaper, Mumbai's uh, airport management system uh, software crashed. Um, these, this is the software that um, uh, is linked to the check-in counter screens and the flight displays. So apparently they went completely blank for more than an hour yesterday evening. Um, this apparently caused quite a lot of chaos at the airport. Uh, people couldn't, couldn't check in and um, you know, get information on their flights and so on. And it's a very uh, busy airport um, anyway, and this was actually a, a peak time for travel. Um, so, uh, so what happened was, uh, from what we hear, a number of flights were delayed. More than 50 uh, flights were, were delayed because of this. Um, but then uh, the, the, the airport uh, management said that they, they managed to get things back online eventually and uh, things got back to normal. OK, Rebecca Bundan, for now, great to talk to you and we'll catch up with you soon. Thanks for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Thanks very much.
There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com.